Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. So, hi guys! Welcome oh. to Fiction Friends! So, we, we just got finished recording The Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. And what we're very marathon. excited about being in from here co-working space yes. uh, our sponsor from last week's episode and they're also sponsoring this week's episode so we decided to just do back-to-back recordings of yeah. our two back-to-back episodes which happened to be catcher in the rye and now we're talking about norwegian yeah wood. norwegian wood by haruki murakami we'll discuss later on why we feel like there are similar similarities between the book, the book but yes. for now we're going to talk about our sponsor from here co-working from Here Coworking is a collaborative place where you can work, focus, build, strategize, and play. To put it simply, you can do it all from here. They offer dedicated and flexible workspaces for individuals who need a place to work. They also cater to creatives like us who need a space to do our hobbies and passions. You can be a part of the From Here community by following them on social media at From Here Cebu. Again, that's at From Here Cebu on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, From Here Coworking Space, for sponsoring this episode of Fiction Friends. Again, we're talking about Haruki Murakami's famous novel, Norwegian Wood. So, yes. um, actually, this is one of our one of the, our most requested, requested, highly yeah. requested novel <laughs> highly that requested we should novel. review. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Um, we usually start out these episodes with a spoiler-free summary. So, Mariana, do you wanna tell us what happens in Norwegian Wood? Do the honor. Uh, yeah, do the honors. <laughs> yeah, you do it. <laughs> okay, so Norwegian Wood follows the flashback of a boy named Toru and a relationship that he once had with a girl named Nawoko. So both Nawoko and Toru are only friends because she was in a romantic relationship with his best friend, Kazuki, who ended up taking his own life unexpectedly. So as Nawoko and Toru navigate through their own grief as a result of Kazuki's death, they eventually get closer to one another and they they get into a romantic relationship with each other uh, as they get more comfortable with each other also. However, both of them are also dealing with their own inner demons that they haven't resolved individually, which inevitably complicates things within their relationship. And the book is essentially a story of the two of them navigating through their struggles and the people yes. who are in their lives who help them over, who try to help them overcome these struggles. So, yeah, Mariana, what did you think about the book? Um, there's Honor. a lot. Again, there's a lot of pressure for us to like it. I think I feel like there's a lot of yeah. pressure for us to like <laughs> because it because everyone so many seemed to like that. Like, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, I was. I remember. I said this in one of my stories. Oh my god, I'm so exhausted. This yeah. is so excruciating. Yeah. And then this one person messaged me. Oh my god, I love that book. So like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Help. Yeah. <laughs> so, so wait, is this your first time to read it? In its entirety? Um, this is my first time to read a Haruki oh my Murakami God, really? book. Okay. So I've read about I've read a bunch. I, I was thinking of reading something else from him, but I also want to read something that's not what do you call that? Because like I I heard he has books now. Cat's talk, 
Yes. Like, so uh, the thing that separates Norwegian Wood from his from all of his other works, works yeah. is that Norwegian Wood is the only one that's non-magical. Every other book that Murakami writes, it's magical realism. Really? Yes. So there's always some kind of magical element to his Two. books, except for this one. It's the only one that's grounded in real, realistic writing. And oh, so, okay. yeah, we'll discuss this later on in the context part. But Murakami oh, yeah. actually says that um, this is his most experimental novel, novel. And because one he did not it's so think real. would, would, would blow be up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I don't think mm. it's his favorite either. I don't think it's the one that he's proudest of. Yeah. Necessarily, yeah. but <laughs> it's what it's the one that he's most known for. It's known for in yeah. Japan, particular. I know it's very popular. There. I, I always thought it was Kafka because I knew him because of Kafka. You knew him not, because of Kafka, not Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Um, personally, I like. I also like Kafka, but my favorite Murakami novel is actually The Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Okay. It's a whopping 700 pages long. <laughs> it's very Fast excruciating joking. to read, but I like the amount of uh, effort and depth that he put into that yes. book. But Norwegian Wood is substantially much shorter than that. Than that, okay. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, Okay, so what what did you like? What are your initial thoughts about the book? Okay, so what what did you like with, about it? Go ahead. So let's go first with the initial thoughts. Okay. So I bought I bought this book 2016, but I could never get past the first few pages. <laughs> and if it weren't for this podcast, I would still not have read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would not pick it up for my to be read crate. So this brilliantly written novel is potent with yeah. imagery. It is brilliantly written. Yes, yeah. it is. Truly. Yeah. Like, it's wrong if I say it was poetic. It is poetic. It is. It is. Considering like, that we're not talking about... Yeah. Oh, I can just say it's that, poetic. right? Yeah. yeah. It's very poetic. Yeah. And I don't know, like, Gerald the Desk. way he writes things, it's, it's like, Beautiful. seamless, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Writing no, style, no, yeah. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Writing yeah. style, writing, For 10 out real. of 10. Yeah. And I rarely say that about a writer. A writer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how he does it, but like, yeah, I feel like that's but, his But writing style is not the only way to, way to yeah, judge a book. Of course. So, like, it's only one side of it. For but me, plot. as far as that, as far as yeah. writing style is concerned, this book, like, like beautifully beautiful, written. Yes. Yeah, go on. So to the point where it feels like you're a spirit lurking behind the main character, Toru. Yeah. Following along, doing everyday activities with him. So the scenes are beautiful, yes. magical, especially the setting. So Tokyo in the 60s. Yes. Tokyo in the 60s. Yeah. Yes. Um, That it makes you want to buy a ticket to Japan instantly. I tweeted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tweeted that. You like, tweeted that. Like, I hate reading Murakami because it always makes yeah, me want to book a trip to Japan. Just Because like, he, he, he makes Japan seem so and it is. beautiful. It and, is and it is. very it is. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I a, love, love, love yeah, Japan. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, it's so dreamlike. So if you're up for that, you will enjoy this piece. So what I love about the main character is his love for books. Yes. And this novel is a lot of references, a lot of music also. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Music and books. Yeah. And they constantly talk about records. Yes. So if you specifically like impeccable character development, then you're in for a treat. But you will find how Certainly. each character of this book is actually very lonely. Yes. Yeah. So each character have goes through their own struggles also. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, he he wrote he yeah. wrote them very well. The characters yeah. very well. It's four on Goodreads, it, right? Yeah. The the ratings four on Around, Goodreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like Around that. that. I, but I'm I, not sure. Yeah, <laughs> not super okay. specific about that. Correct okay. us if we're wrong. But yeah. it's four on Goodreads. But I would give it a three point two. Okay. So the reading experience is that of a lucid dream, and yes. most times 
it felt like there's a cloud, a dark cloud over you waiting to just rain. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like that. It was yeah. so... <sighs> Yeah. yeah, that would be the perfect side for that. I, anyway. I want to ask you about that because the tone, the language that he uses, again, it's very poetic. It's very yeah. beautiful. It's very bright. It's it's very bright tone. But the content, the themes are very heavy. Heavy and dark. They're very and, dark. Yeah. And I like how he was able to juxtapose those two things. Like, he it's wrote so bright. It, like, yeah. I can picture Norwegian wood to be summery, summery and, bright, yeah. beautiful Japan. Yeah, but, but when you actually read the content, <laughs> Yeah. It's very dark. And it's, very... it's like getting lost in the city. Yeah. Like the sad you getting yeah. lost in the city. Which the characters do, right? Yeah. They walk around the city, the city aimlessly. Again, like Murakami's writing style, uh, I, I'm very impressed. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Like, amazing. Um, but if I did give this a bigger rating than it ends with us, I am so sorry. But like, <laughs> now that I think about it, I this is a better book than it ends with us. Okay, of I'm course, very far more. Thankful to hear you say that. So, <laughs> so please, if you, I don't remember how much I rated it ends with us, but uh-huh. if it's you give it a three point five, I think. Okay, so yeah, or four. I don't remember. Let's sure. move that to two point nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's yeah. it's bad to compare both pieces because they're not alike. For me, it's a very hard book to judge because there were parts of it that I abs- absolutely loved. Like writing style, I loved it. Uh, yeah. Dialogue, I loved it. There were parts that needed work too. But um, I found It Ends With Us more enjoyable, like more fast. Like I get, it, I get you know, that. Cause I feel it like was more of a page turner. Page turner than this one. Yes, so because that, it was plot heavy also. Plot heavy. That's why yeah. I, I was like, you know yeah. what, this is it. Um, this book is not that plot not heavy. Plot heavy yeah. It's dialogue heavy. There are pages and pages where it's all just dialogue. It's just like conversations and between storytelling. people. And storytelling. Yes. Like this, this, I forgot. What? Reiko. Was right, Reiko, Reiko. Who happens to be one of my favorite characters in the book. Actually, she is my favorite <gasps> character. Yeah. She's my favorite character in the okay. book. She, she has... Amazing stories <laughs> about her life. Oh, their life. Yeah, yeah. that's true though. So I, it's it, essentially characters telling their stories. Their stories. So each it was other. like storytelling. Yeah. It was like yeah. being in a bonfire yeah. with the people. And, and it's like, very, very good how Murakami was able to give each character a very distinct storytelling voice. Yeah. Like Midori can go, like when well, there's this one character named Midori, she goes into incredible She's my detail. Favorite. She goes into incredible detail in her storytelling, like stuff that you don't need. To know. To know. She includes it in the storytelling. And then there's people like uh, Naoko who who is who aren't as open yeah. in their storytelling. So like even individually, the characters, there are nuances to their storytelling Story, that Mar- yeah. Murakami was able to drill in really yeah. well. Yeah. So when I judge the book, when I judge a book, I always prioritize characters. Like, you know, you already know that about me. Yeah. Um, I genuinely believe that a mediocre plot can be salvaged by interesting characters and then that's so true yeah that's so true yeah. yeah after the plot that's when i dissect an author's writing style like after that so writing style is third and you know i already i've already said this enough Mur- murakami's language and lyricism in yeah. this book it's just it's top notch he's one of the best at it murakami has one hell of a writing style it's so beautiful and lyrical the way he writes narration and dialogue yeah. the way he describes scenes it's amazing there were a few passages throughout the book that I stopped to reread them because of how impressively he was able to just like, yeah. craft these sentences out. Okay, it reminded me of Fitzgerald. Like, and that's saying a lot because Fitzgerald yeah. is one of my favorite. Like, he's my favorite writer, writer ever. Yeah. And like it, he also possessed that skill. Like you read, you read a sentence and it's so well written that I want to read it again, again because yeah. it's so well written. 
dialogue as well is strangely captivating. Like, even mm. though it was pages and pages of just pure dialogue, I didn't yeah. feel like it was like that. Because, again, it was a very storytelling-based dialogue. It's always so uh, unusual. And there are times when you struggle to picture this kind of dialogue in real life. Like, when you're reading yeah. it, like these aren't the kind of conversations that people have in real life. So I guess that's... that's I felt like that part of it was kind of unrealistic. You know, but, you know I found also countless of times that yeah. the decisions of the characters were questionable. Yes. And I'll tell you which one. Okay. Specifically, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, why did that happen? Yes, yes, yes. But yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yes like, I find some of their decisions also questionable. Yeah. Like the same way you think... Like this dialogue, does that really yeah, happen yeah. in real but, life? You know, I mean, regardless, it's very gripping. Still. Yeah, it and is. Like, it I is. found myself to like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, and this book yeah. has a lot of dialogue in it. I liked how most of the storytelling focused on the depth of the dialogue because this really allowed the characters to come into their own. Yeah. It gives readers a chance to know them better, and this brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is the depth of the characters. Let's be honest, it's a character-driven plot. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's <laughs> again, it. That's yeah. It. So outside of the agency of the characters uh, themselves, nothing really happens because everything that happens in the book is a result of character choices. Yeah, so like when someone asks you, well, what is it about? It's kind of hard, like when you're in the middle of the book, it's kind of hard to tell them, oh, it's about yeah. this, 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 yes. without, without reading Spoiling. the entire... Yeah, because of how it's really character-driven. Yeah, and yeah. Not it's, it's about so you, a group you, you of... Have, it's about yeah. specific people and their stories. And their stories, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I love that this was a challenge that Murakami took on. And he did a very good job for the most for part. That, yeah. Um, this is honestly the second time I've read this book. And to be honest, <laughs> I hated it the first time. Okay. Because so had the same <laughs> this is because I when I read Murakami, ironically enough, when I read Norwegian Wood the first time, it was also right after when I read... Catch, Catcher in the Rye the first time. Oh, okay. Which is ironic because we're doing back-to-back episodes of Catcher of in the, the Rye. Well, I read it also like I read Norwegian first and, and then, then Kafka. Catcher. No, Catcher. sorry. And yeah. then Catcher. Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Right. So uh, the first time I read it, I was fully engrossed in the character of Toru, the main character. Uh, you didn't find him boring? No, that's why. Uh, I was so focused on his character. And his character is so bland. And yeah. he's so boring. And that's why it's 3.2 for me. And he's a douchebag. Yeah. Right? So, like, the first time I read it, like, oh, he's like a trying hard Holden Caulfield, essentially. Like, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Th- my, my thought process at the time. So, that's why I didn't like it. I remember, like, for the longest time, I was like, I hate this book. I hate Norwegian Wood. I don't know why every, anyone likes this. But the <laughs> second time that I read it, right now, I didn't focus on Toru anymore and I paid more attention to Naoko, Midori, and, Na- and Reiko. And Reiko, the girls and in the book. that's when I realized, like, they're the stars of the story. They're the ones who give depth and interest and, yeah. to the story. They're the ones who make it interesting. And they're the reasons why I wanted to re- continue to, to yeah. read the book. And Murakami doesn't write women very well. His main character, usually his, he has a tendency for his main characters to be very misogynistic and yeah. very self-obsessed and... There were some choices that, again, like what you mentioned earlier, the, some yeah. choices that certain women characters in this book made, made that, that yeah. were kind of weird. But for the most part, their stories were the most interesting, interesting. ones. Um, they're the ones who I really was were drawn to. I don't know. He's. Uh, I truly felt like you know Toro was just a cheap. Again, he's just a cheap imitation of, Hol- of Holden. Holden. Yeah. But uh, the women really saved this this book for me they're what made me like the book Reiko's story again in particular is one that I found so uh, amazing it was so heartbreaking her yeah, story for, yeah, it, it. Um, there was something but it's because of the choice she made 
Uh, yes, correct. But there's something so relatable also in the way that she dealt with her problems, right? Like, ah, yeah, and yeah. the way that she like it was uh, confronted them. Them more than her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, uh, Midori's story also is one that I found so endearing. Like, there's I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but um, Midori has some stuff going on in her life also that. Uh, I love her. Yes, it makes me like oh, like uh, she's a very relatable character. Yeah. With Naoko, uh, she was obviously the most dull, scarred one. <laughs> yeah, she's dull, but she's yeah. also the most scarred. problematic. Yeah, she's the most problematic one because she has the most problems. Also, I yeah, feel. Yeah. Um, I loved how much depth each of these characters had, had and it was yeah. put on display throughout the dialogue that they had with. Toru, who added nothing to the dialogue. He would rarely say anything. He was just a sponge. Yeah. Uh, he rarely had any input. There were some parts where he, like, he would actually contribute, and we'll point it out later when you get the specifics, but I just don't like one particular aspect in the story arc of all the three women, which again, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. later. But they really carried the story for me. It's it's still not my favorite Murakami book, but it was a very good read. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to read it again anytime soon, but... I appreciated the reading it the second time around. Four yeah. out of five stars for me. So I guess I agree with Goodreads, surprisingly. I actually found it quite hard to pull through as much as it was difficult for me to pick it up. Yeah. And yeah, it was exhausting to finish because the lead is obsessed with this also uninteresting manic pixie dream girl. Yes. Ryoko. Yes. I feel like she's a manic pixie dream. Like yeah. the way she's painted. Yeah. Totoru is increasingly torn by what he perceives to be his duty to Nayoko and his feelings also to this other character who is full of life, anti Nayoko. Yeah. Polar opposites. Yeah. Who owns a bookstore who can cook mind blowing meals. Yeah. And Nayoko is painted as this doomed character who is incapable of love that Toru wants to be with. And I find this trope not amusing like tropes like this are not my favorite like unrecorded I think it's okay to say this also Um, I hate how needy the women characters in this book were are they? I felt like they were very needy like especially with Midori kind of was. Midori's time yeah, yeah I feel like, like she had daddy issues I guess kind of yeah but maybe the neediness yeah. came from like some kind of I'm not sure like lack of love I, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Um, Men being incapable of love, as per the family upstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Not knowing how I, to love correctly. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just like it was intentional on Murakami's part. Okay. Like that's how I how I felt about the women in this story. That's why I felt like they should have been more empowered than they were, or maybe yeah. they were like that for a reason. I'm not really sure, but yet yeah, nonetheless, they were very interesting characters. Uh, to explore and to analyze and I yeah. had a lot of fun reading this book um, do you have any more initial thoughts or can we move on to context do you want to say anything more so I feel like this is a this is a journey to adulthood than it is a love story it is yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like a coming, of, coming of age, of age. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, yeah so can we proceed to what sure sure yeah so who is this book for to who yeah. it's for yeah so for the second time ever in this pod I yeah. will not be recommending this to people who are just about to take on the hobby of reading because oh, although maybe not this yeah. as a fan base I feel like some of you might be stuck in a web so I'm inserting trigger warnings here for this day and age because you know what back then nothing ever came with a trigger warning anyway so now everyone's so sensitive so okay yeah. let's put it out there Trigger warning. So if you're emotionally or mentally unstable, you do not need added stress, mm -hmm. which is 
this book would not recommend this to young individuals regardless of it being a coming of age novel yeah. as it has graphic scenes but if you're a parent and it's fine with you then I guess go ahead but I also feel like the themes are too dark for someone young so yeah. I would suggest Catcher in the Rye yeah more, to more, so. more than yeah. this one because it was too it was graphic. more subdued so are we spoiling for saying trigger warning I don't think no, no, so no, because not. it's yeah. written it really, in the back it's written ha- in the back it's that. all yeah. there yeah, yeah. Um, I would say though that for people who want to read Murakami for the first time, this is a good introduction to his oh, writing. Oh, really? Because again, most of his books are magical realism. Realism, yeah. They're like, yeah, the, as you say, talking cats and spirits and whatever. Sometimes like that, other but dimensions. You know, you know those kinds of stories, like alternate dimensions. And so, if you're not a fan of that kind of storytelling, but you want to read Murakami, Norwegian you want to be grounded Wood. in realism, then Norwegian Wood would be your best bet. And I guess okay. that's the reason why it's also his one of his one most of his, popular works. Yeah, because not yeah. everyone likes like supernatural, supernatural elements. Yeah. elements in a book. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's why it's like this, Haruki. Yeah, I guess that's it for uh, who we think this book is for. So yeah, let's proceed to context. To context, yeah. and then spoiler free. The spoiler, spoiler break. Yeah. yeah. So the most, again, as mentioned, this is Murakami's most, exper- admittedly, his most experimental novel because it's so out of the ordinary for him. He also actually has another um, book that's nonfiction. It's called What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. And it's oh. one of my favorite nonfiction books, surprisingly. Okay. Um, it's because Murakami is a runner. He wakes up at 4 a.m. every day to run. Whoa, yeah. I didn't know that. And he spends five or five or six hours every day to write after that. So he says that writing and running are related disciplines because it requires a great deal of discipline. Uh, you, you're not always motivated to write. You're not always motivated to, to run, run. But yeah. you just have to force yourself to take that first step and then another step. And then the words will come flowing out of you over and over again. But sometimes again. when you're running, it's like you're thinking about all these nice plots to write. Yeah, nice, you, know, you know, like it would be nice to yes. have a recorder. You're in you. isolation. Yeah. yeah, you're isolating your mind from mind, everything yeah. else. In the so class. you're so in your own thoughts. I yeah. recommend that book for anyone who wants to read Murakami also. Um, what I talk about when I talk about running. So, so yeah. if you're a fan of non-fic. Get that. Get, get that. that yeah. Yeah. Cats were still present in this book because Murakami has he's obsessed with cats. In every book he writes, there's oh. there's always a cat. What? I don't remember the cat. The cat was in when uh, Toru moved into his new apartment. Oh, and there was like a cat infestation. Yeah. So like it wasn't uh, it didn't play <laughs> a big started. role in the yeah. story. Like in other books, the cats would play a bigger role. In this one, not so much. It, it just happened. There just happened to be a cat there. A cat. Okay. Murakami is notorious for saying that he doesn't plan endings in advance when he writes stories. Okay, he just let it flow. Yeah, he, he just lets it flow. Flow, lets it flow. There is a Japanese film adaptation um, did you see, that did was you released watch? in 2010, but it wasn't well received by did, film critics. Did you critics. see the poster? I have not, I have not I'm seen it. I'm scared to watch the movie because have, of the poster. Why is it so bad? Does it look really bad? It's so overexposed. Oh, really? It's like so white. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up <sighs> later. But actually, Murakami wanted to. He wanted like final say on the screenplay and like and how it was written was and not everything. Granted that. No, he was. He was. But I mean, like the rumors were like he really wanted to micromanage oh. the, how the how his story, which is okay, because you know he's the author. So yeah, yeah. Um, actually, before Murakami became a writer, he used yeah. to work in a jazz bar, and that's why many of his stories yeah. always have like. Music, music and alcohol and yeah. Ar- arguably Murakami's most popular book in Japan so um, that's all that I c- this book didn't, as far as I know didn't win any like awards critical awards or whatever but it's still very popular yeah yeah so um, with that 
I guess we can conclude our spoiler-free section of section, the podcast. Yes. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. This concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you haven't read the book or if you plan on reading it in the future, then come back and join us for the conversation in the second part. And now we're back. <laughs> so for this part, we're going to be talking about quotes or lines. Yes. I only have one quote, one line. Okay. One lang? One lang. Okay. But then moments, I have three. So oh, let's okay. talk about moments after we talk about the quotes and lines. So okay. this isn't a quote. It's more of like a line me okay. said that struck me. It was a scene involving Hatsumi, the girlfriend of his bu- of his fuck boyfriend, Nagasawa. Oh, I hate that guy. But yeah, so anyway, there's this on. guy in Norwegian Wood whose name's Nagasawa who fucks around a lot and he doesn't see yeah i agree (laughs) because he doesn't see the sanctity the beauty the the you know like he just self-obsessed yeah self-involved and all that anyway yeah yeah, so this is a scene involving hatsumi and this was what went by the way if we're pronouncing the japanese names wrong wrong, very sorry yeah please correct us (laughs) yeah yeah. okay go ahead (laughs) so this was toru's thought it must be a wonderful thing to be so sure that you love somebody. Mm. And I have longed for this feeling too, being able to be so sure about your love for someone because I feel like this feeling strikes in moments. It's when you're doing something and you just realize, you know what? I really love this guy. But then as for the impact in the story, a part of Toru knows that he's not wholeheartedly in love with Nayoko. Because mm. if he was... He would have done things differently. And besides, they don't even have that like much what? experience what do you, what to be able mean? to claim it. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that's true. They don't spend as much time with, with yeah. each other. So yeah. it was honestly more of extreme puppy love than extreme infatuation. Because, you know, like, he says he's so in love with um, Nayoko, but, like, he was fucking around the first time. Like, yeah. if he was so in love and dedicated, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. So I feel like that's why he was and also And it's pointed saying, out to him, like, you don't yeah, ha- yeah, yeah. It, it was um, yeah, Hatsumi Re- yeah. told him yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. do you really love this oh no no yeah. I think it was Reiko Reiko, Reiko. Yeah. yeah but that's why he said it must be a wonderful thing to be so sure that you love somebody because I feel like he didn't he was not so sure like yeah. if he really loved somebody yeah, yeah. so I, I really yeah. like that yeah me also scene. yeah 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 that's it for my quotes and lines. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's filled. It's filled with it, lines. It's you, filled with a lot of lines. Of that are, the quotes about the ants. Remember, what do ants do on rainy days? Yeah, like that's yeah. That's one of the mo- more popular, something like that. Yeah. The line, and the I'm book, not sure. Like yeah. About the books also. We'll, we'll talk about the quotes later on. Also. Uh, more co- I have one. Oh, yeah. Reading the books. Yeah. If you read what everyone reads. Yeah. yeah. That's actually one of my quotes. Okay. Which are, we'll, we'll get to that. But I want to point out a certain passage from the first, earlier parts of the book, which yeah. will give you a glimpse into just how beautifully written this book is so it's it's in the present day and toru is in the process of reminiscing about naboko yes and he says uh, and suddenly her face is there always in profile at first because naboko and i were always out walking together side by side then she turns to me and smiles and tilts her head just a bit and begins to speak and she looks into my eyes as if trying to catch the image of a minnow that has darted across the pool of a limpid spring it's like, Damn, Murakami. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like so 
so poetic, so so, so deep. Pretty, it's yeah. like, oh man, it's really good. Like there, there are so many lines yes. like that. Like that's just an example, but there are so well, many lines. It's line like filled. That. It's line filled. But yeah. yeah, we have our favorites. And... Yeah. Um. So as you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of like uh, references to literature and music in this in this book, and I love that there was a reference to again one of my favorite books, The Great Gatsby. Um, and it's actually it, it it actually involves Nagasawa, yeah. And um, that's how he meets Toru for the first time. He says, "This man says he read The Great Gatsby three times." He said to as if to himself, "Well, any friend of Gatsby is a friend of mine," which is a quote from The Great Gatsby, the Great Gatsby itself. Gatsby, yeah. like, uh, Murakami is appealing to the literature lovers, and I, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. <laughs> yeah, which is you actually always like it when yeah. a book references to Gatsby. Yes, and then uh, which. We've talked about in earlier yeah. pods also. There are oh, references to Pad. Family Upstairs. Family Upstairs, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, Fits, in Cash yeah. in the Rye, he talks about Gatsby, Gatsby also. Gatsby also, yeah. 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 Mm. Wow, yeah, so right? that's a supreme book. What's that? Uh, foreshadowing of maybe a future episode. We'll see. So there's it, in connection with that, there's actually a quote here that uh, Nagasawa says, uh, that's why I read them. If you only read the books that everyone else is reading, you can only think what everyone else is thinking. Um, so Nagasawa is essentially saying like he doesn't want to read books from authors who are still alive or like contemporary fiction, which ironically, Mariana, is the reason why I didn't for the longest time I put off reading Murakami books because yeah. he's the representative of like contemporary fiction, fiction authors. Yeah. And for the longest time, I was like, no, I only like to read classics because if they're still popular 50, 30 years, even after they're published, like that means it's a book that's actually worth reading. And that's why I'm so obsessed with classic literature. And I found I found that line per- perfectly representative of my philosophy on reading classics and on reading books because yeah. that's really how I think. Like you can judge the the depth of the book if it's it's able to last, uh, even outlive you as an author. You don't have any more quotes, right? Because I think I only have one more. I don't. I don't. So it, this this is a really cute quote because it gives us insight into. Reiko's personality yeah. where she was telling she was already in the process of telling Toru about her past and like um, the, the the incident with the, with the girl yeah because yeah. it was a minor pajun. yeah so Reiko's like um, I have a lot more patience for others than I have for myself and I'm much better at bringing out the best in others than in myself that's just the kind of person I am I'm the scratchy stuff on the side of the matchbox but that's fine with me it's like oh it's really cute because like uh, I've never heard that idea articulated in that way like she's the kind of person who likes to push people to be their best even though she's very problematic in herself and that metaphor of her being a matchbox mm. instead of the actual match, match, match yeah. it's like oh Murakami is showing off and I hate it I, I'm here for it but I hate it he's so good at that <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that does it for my final quote, final quote. but there are a lot of moments, moments that, that I want to talk yeah. about uh, so maybe you want to go first because I've been hogging the mic for a while <laughs> um, okay so my first moment I only have three. Yeah. It was when they were playing pool with Nagasawa's girlfriend, Hatsumi. Yes. Um, I really that was the first this. time Toru played pool ever since Kizuki ever. died. Oh, uh, yeah. Ever yeah. since Kizuki, The best friend Kizuki. died. Yeah. 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 So anyway, Toru went like, I was an only child, but the whole time I was growing up, I never felt once deprived or wished I had brothers or sisters. I was satisfied being alone. But all of a sudden, shooting pool with you, I had this feeling like I wish I had an elder sister like oh, you. Yeah. And 
it was also the first time that Hatsumi received a comment like that and yeah. she was like oh my god because she's treated really badly really badly by yeah. her boyfriend her boyfriend that's why yeah. so I found out aww and I found that so beautiful and I had been through that because as an only I'm an only child by the way same so <laughs> <laughs> both of us yeah so anyway um, it ne- I had never f- felt the need to have a sibling like I was so happy being an only child same but uh, maybe it's because also I live in a household privileged also I, I acknowledge yeah. my privilege Pri- privilege yeah, yeah. yeah. and then me, I, I grew up with my cousins also in the same, same. house, so maybe that's why I felt yeah. like I didn't really need siblings. But um, I had been through that, looking at someone wishing they were my sibling. And this scene was big for Hatsumi because despite being unappreciated by her cheating boyfriend who doesn't give a shit about her, there was someone like Toru who gives her assurance, like, you deserve better. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking when he found out that Hatsumi, after a few years, killed herself because honestly if she had security and assurance in those shitty Nagasawa oh years God. of her life I feel like it would have turned out differently I forgot period. that she killed herself yeah <laughs> she also killed herself and yeah then, I forgot about like, that Nagasawa didn't seem like she was affected yeah it was like he, he, yeah sorry. but he admitted to Toru that he was sad about it right he but like what can a, yeah. an apology do now you know like you should have been a better individual <laughs> Yeah. That's why when Hatsumi died, yeah. it made me hate Nagasawa even more. Like a million times more. Yeah. Oh, but like, you know how he... But it's it's still mean. But you know how he says things like, uh, but I already told her I don't want to get married. Yeah. I already told her. So it's yeah. on her when... To just leave me. To just Break leave, up with me. You yeah. know? I mean, like, I had an ex like that. But like, you should step up, you yeah. know? Like, I already told you I'm like this. I already told you I'm like that. But, like, also, you also need to step up. Like, do you really care about the other person or are you just coming clean? Yeah. And that's how it it's seemed like, like. Insurance, like, it, it's like he's giving insurance. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I said these are it's, the terms. Yeah. So, you know, so stick with it. it's on you now. It's on you for breaking your own heart. Yeah. But actually, no, it's also like you being an asshole. Do you want to give a moment first before I give another moment? Sure. Or, Okay. Actually, this isn't a moment, but more of like a section of the book that I really like. Okay. When Toru visited the sanatorium for the first time. Like, that, that... <laughs> that's my moment of hate. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, it is. Uh, no, because I like. I, I felt like it was a world separate from the rest of the world. Like, yeah, it seemed like they're that. very isolated yeah. in that they're very self sustaining, they grow their own food, and. And they played tennis. Yeah. And that's when we meet Rico for the first yeah. time also. And so your, your girlfriend. Rico. My favorite character. So um, I, I really like that. How old that. is Rico again? Old. Like thir- twice. I, I, I heard it was mentioned that she was twice his age. So how old is that? Near 40s. Near 40s. That's not so old. Yeah, but, but like relative to their... To like, the, the way I pictured it, ba. She was like really wrinkly, right? Yeah, so she's like, like wait, what is, when you're 30, you're not wrinkly. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, so they say that she's wrinkly because of all the stress that she's been through in life and everything. I think it was explained. That I mean, that's that's what I remember reading. I mean, I hope like 72 or something. Yeah. No, I mean, she's not. I, that would not. be really wrong. Like, yeah. really bad. That's why I felt, okay, now I don't feel as much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like that whole segment because it gave us a glimpse into what struggles Naoko was really going through. Like, for the most part, you don't really understand her. Especially since the storytelling is told, again, from Toru's perspective. So yeah. you don't really 
he even he doesn't understand her so much yet until that part when they get to the do sanatorium. Like huh? Do you like her? Naboko? Yeah. It's hard to say, no? I don't like her, but I get her. You get it? Like I mm. I kinda I kinda get why she's like that. Because she lost the she lost love someone. of her yeah. life. Yeah. Someone she grew Which up with. Which is something with. I can't say about Toru. I don't I don't understand why he is the way that he is. Like what do you mean? He's so distant a lot of the time. Like he feels very Yeah, the most especially part. to Midori also. Yeah, right? Midori. Midori? Yeah, yeah, Midori. Like I don't understand Midori. why you're like that. Yeah. Like what do you have to be depressed about? Like I get okay, your best friend died and everything. Yeah. But like Nawoko was in a much worse position than you. And I don't know. Like, yeah. Maybe he was also kind of self-dependent on her. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it was hard for me to empathize with Toru. With Toru. But I was able to do yeah. that with Nawoko. Um, and yeah, so that whole segment of the book where they're uh, exploring yeah, her feelings yeah. and, you know, what struggle she's going through. Like, it's really sad, especially like when when they're explaining how in the sanatorium that everyone has a special skill and then they can teach others yeah. like well, I'm good yeah. at guitar and then or you know I'm good at arts and crafts and then Nookusha is like I don't have any special skills that I can teach other people and then I'm like it's oh, so sad you're so sad <laughs> yeah but like some people are just like that like yeah, you that, know like I don't have anything I can teach others yeah. you know like you know you don't always have to be the teacher yeah. you know like you can be yeah but it made her feel so bad so bad about herself that yeah. she didn't have a talent like, or it made her feel like she was Lacking. less worthy. Or yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. She felt like a baby and the way yeah. Reiko she, she treated felt her. very delicate. Yeah. No? She was a very delicate character. Like you you needed to be as careful as you as possible around her. Whereas yeah. Reiko, like even though she was also a patient technically, quote unquote yeah, a patient. But she it you was could be like she more frank around Reiko. But maybe it was Reiko is the way that she is around Naoko, maybe because she saw, she kind of saw herself. That's true. Maybe. In yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she could yeah. see the warning signs and everything. Do you have another moment? Yeah. Okay. See so Midori would have to be my favorite character because I could relate to her uh-huh. the most. She's very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Minus being super sexual. You know how she's always <laughs> talking about. Yeah. Sex related topics. Porn. They like, always want to watch porn movies. Yeah, like <laughs> not, not that. But like she was relatable. But there are scenes with I think I told you about this already. There are scenes with Midori that happened to me in real life, especially the boyfriend and Toru situation where she felt unappreciated with her boyfriend and how she enjoys this new person now. Except in my world, my experience, Toru actually liked Midori back. So there was a scene where they spent the entire day together with Toru and after the date she inserted a letter and in that letter she was saying how he was too inside his head that he didn't even notice her the, new the hair haircut, yeah yeah well this happened to me too like waiting <laughs> if he would notice and it being the final straw really? like if he wouldn't say anything about oh my hair uh-huh. like that was the concluding factor that yeah. okay he doesn't care yeah. as much yeah and then but in my world he actually noticed my hair and he said that i didn't like say anything about it because I didn't know if you like your hair. Okay. So like he didn't know if he, he should what to com- offend you or whatever. Yeah, yeah compliment yeah, yeah. it yeah. or not. Interesting. So yeah. So I felt like I actually thought like that part was like I actually thought that that, that was very unrealistic. Like, Unreali- do girls really hair? think that way? Like you know it's a it's part of a list 
um I don't know if it was like a ticket list or something, but um you only notice a haircut once, so compliment it. Like okay. you only get to okay, I get see it. um yeah for the for the first time once for the first time like yeah, yeah, yeah. or like I think I don't know if it's for every girl, but you know like it w- it's nice if someone else notices little things little changes about you, about you like oh your bag's oh, nice you know right. like oh you cut your hair especially right. something as because you know how it shows usually, that you're paying attention yeah like mm-hmm. w- especially with hair you know how there's a drastic change about it and all that and then this was a drastic especially change especially with girls especially yeah. with girls yeah. especially with girls and this one was a was something drastic yeah. remember like it was like a big change and she really placed like effort and then Toru didn't r- realize that it was like the final straw that if he does notice, then I would give him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually he does fall in love with her. Like he realizes that. But I don't think Midori deserves yeah. Toru. Like, you know, if you're yeah. second. No, but I feel like he was always in love with her, but he just never wanted to admit it or to confront it. What did because you think? I think he because was, of Nawoko. I think like he yeah, was so like tied was, to Nawoko. He and was thinking he felt that, guilty. Yeah, like yeah. it was weird because I feel like he just wanted to try it out with Nayoko and because he was not given the opportunity, he didn't also want to stop because he didn't yeah. want to be stuck in the what if section. That's how I saw yeah. that. Like yeah. he, he just wanted to take his chance. You know, he could have just invited Midori to his new place. You know, right. like ask her to live with you. Yeah. Why are you so dependent on someone? Like why are you so engrossed in the thought of being a hero? You know, right. like... But to his... I mean, in his defense, like, I don't, I don't like him. But in his defense, like, how douchey would it be to know that this girl, she's going through a lot, a lot, and then you just, leave. and then you just leave her. Like, I mean, like, I, like, I understand that you have that right. Technically, you have that right to be like to love who you want to love and be with who you want to be with. The thing is, Nayoko, she doesn't really love him. Love right, him. Right. Like it's already like written there that I am so in love and with heartbroken. Best, yeah, with the best with, friend. Kazuki? Yeah, Kazuki. Kazuki. Yeah. yeah, like it was already there. It would be it would be sad if she actually loved him and then he would just leave her. Yeah. But then that, it was like... There's this part about Nawoko that I don't understand because uh, she never had sex with... Sex yeah, is a I huge theme in, yeah, this, in book, this book, by the way. So first time she has sex, it's with, uh, what's his name, Toru. And she, ex- she says that that's the only time that she's ever been quote-unquote wet in her life. And she's never been wet since, and she was never that wet. That happens to girls. Really? Yeah. There are uh, people that... What does that symbolize, though? Like, what does that mean? They're not sexually compatible. The way I see it, huh? The way okay. I see it. Okay. Is they're not sexually compatible. Naoko and Toru or Naoko and Kizuki? Naoko and Kizuki. Okay. Like, even if she loves him yeah. so much, like, yeah. you can love a... I don't know how that happens, huh? But, yeah. like... It's a psychological thing? Maybe. Yeah. But, like, there are really some people that... It's not compatible. Yeah, sexually. Sexually. Yeah. And I feel like that's important. That's why I don't believe in sex after marriage. Because yeah. personally, you because you know, you out. also want to know if because yeah. that's a big factor in yeah. your yeah. life. Yeah. Not to all, but like a lot I mean, of people. If it is for you, then, it, yeah, then it, it is. it's okay. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like so. That th- what can does, does does that mean? Like she did have feelings for Toru because he was able to get her wet and like they had that moment like don't one night stands get you wet i don't i don't know also i've never (laughs) sorry i've never tried but like (laughs) i don't know like maybe you know because like what if it's your craft like maybe i mean i'm I'm sure nayoko had 
feelings also for no, but Toru, she also but mentions that she's never she's never been wet ever since. Ever since, like even yeah. though they were both doing stuff already, like in the sanatorium they were doing stuff, but because you know how there's this thing called fubu. Yeah. Of course, you're compatible sexually. That's yeah. why you are always like yeah. doing it together. Yeah. And I feel like that is applicable also. Like yeah. if you think about it, like there are some people that you can only like them because. They're good in bed, you know? Like yeah, I get this it. This person falls into the sexual category. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I feel like... But sex is a really dominating theme in the theme book. Theme in the book. Yeah, yeah so you can't... But I feel, I feel like that's how she... I don't want to say that's how she did look at Toru, but I feel like she didn't love him enough. Yeah. Because yeah. if she did, she would try. I think so. Yeah. Like, she, she wouldn't be so eager to escape. Cause, yeah. Because, uh... Toru actually mentions it towards the end. Like, you won Kazuki. You're together now. You and Naboko. Like, yeah. she's with you now. And I don't have her anymore. Like, like something like that. Something like, like that. Yeah. So, my last favorite scene was when Toru was at the hospital and he oh, took care same. of Midori's same. dad. I was going to say, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorites. Because <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's the one moment where I'm like, okay, Toru is okay here. Like, yeah, I like, like it was like his redeeming his, factor. His redeeming, like, oh. yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that was, that was really cute. And, and then he got eating. into a conversa- conversation with them about Euphides or something, one of the like mythology or whatever. Or I'm whatever. not sure. I don't even yeah, know. Uh, like, and then he offered to like take care of him. She could she could go away for a while. And yeah. Like, really, that was really cute. And then he was eating and then the maybe, cucumber. Yeah, he <laughs> ate it super nice. Now, yeah. The dad, the dad also, also, also wanted to eat. <laughs> he also wanted to eat. And yeah. He even fed him cucumbers and it was really touching. It yeah. was a beautiful scene that it I wish... Out, right? It just sticks yeah. out to you. Like it, it, it stays in your mind. That's exactly. Yeah. And I wish it didn't have to end that way. It yeah. did because it would have blossomed. And I feel like it. If the dad of Midori, see, there's so many deaths in this book. So many. Like everyone Toru touches dies. <laughs> like my dust like, with Midori death is next. <laughs> yeah. Rico yeah. also. Rico also. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. just so sad. It's just so um sad because it would have that relationship would have blossomed into something beautiful. Yeah. I feel yeah. I feel if the, the dad didn't die. Yeah. But I don't know why he died. Toro was so inconsistent in his in that Midori, behavior. It, like he's not very caring and thoughtful when it comes to the people he meets as much. Like with that dad, he was very he was very thoughtful. Like he's he's thinking of maybe someone other than himself. With being an only child, the but we're so close. To, me, I'm so close to my parents. Maybe. So maybe yeah. he felt like yeah. this could be my dad. Yeah. So I should be more. I guess you know. Maybe like I, I don't understand why that scene happened. I don't understand what it represents or what it symbolizes. But I liked it. Yeah, I super love it. <laughs> I liked it. We want to talk about hatest moments now, because I don't have any other favorite moments anymore. So that was your last. Yeah. Okay, so maybe um. I well, could. aside from Rico's story, I already mentioned it. Like the when Rico was telling uh, Toru why she became insane, like yeah. what triggered her. That was your favorite. That was my favorite. Like it started out like with her inability to play play piano, right? And that yeah. really, that really, because she essentially defined her whole, her centered her whole life around being this. Have you seen the perfection? Virtual? No. What is that? On Netflix. What is? Is like I'm a, not sure if that's the title, the perfection, uh-huh. where. Their, their whole life they devote it to being the best, like a best at something. the best like that. Okay, you should you should watch that. Yeah. So disturbing because that's different kind of pressure. Like yeah, when, when that's the only thing you know, and it's yeah. taken. It's like a, 
Um, putting literally putting all of your eggs in one basket, like that's it. Yeah. That you're devoting your whole life to it. It's like being a professional football player, and then you yeah. get ACL. Yeah. You know how? Yeah. yeah. I know someone. He got ACL, and he was such a good football player, yeah. and it destroyed him. Yeah. Like I really saw how he it destroyed himself by that. Him. Yeah. yeah. Like he was so good. He yeah. was so good. Yeah. We were still in school. He was so good, and yeah. then it happened to him. So maybe that. God forbid that happened to me. It will drive me nuts. Yeah, which and is what I mean. Like it's something that a lot of people are scared of. Are scared like, of, yeah. When that one thing that you define yourself by ends Being up taken getting away taken from away you. from you. What else? What else is left? Right? Yeah. So I found that aspect of Reiko's story very relatable. That's why I really yeah. like the character. And then the second time she goes into depression, it's when that little girl, that that it's she, so weird that how scammer she... little girl who like. Because she wasn't sure about her gender. That's why she... Yeah, so that little <gasps> girl was like dealing with her sexual identity. And so she projected it onto It was it so weird because Rico. the girl was a minor. She was like 13. Yeah. I mean, like, I, Murakami is very bold in his storytelling. He's not afraid of crossing certain lines. Lines, yeah. Um, I've never read a book that talked about blowjobs as much as this one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Chuck Palanyok. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is that Chuck. how you say his name? Yeah. Uh, I found Reiko's story the most compelling out of the three girls. Just because like, she's also the most open, I guess. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was like bringing everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it. That's my favorite moments. You want to go to the hatest ones now? Do you want to like um, stitch this together with okay. final thoughts at sure, the same sure, time? Sure, sure, sure. Right. We can so, do that. So what I did not what I did not expect were the number of deaths in this novel. <laughs> the best friend died. Yeah. That was a given. Yeah. That's at the back of the book. Hatsumi died. Yeah. The girlfriend of his asshole friend died. Nayoko killed herself. And Nayoko's sister also. Nayoko had a sister, remember, that killed herself. She walked into the room. Oh my god. And then... Oh yeah, in the window! Yeah, and then the, her oh sister was already hanging from so the rope. So that's four already. Yeah. Who else? The dad. Midori's father died. Yeah. So, so many people. Yeah. And it explored mental illness, but I didn't know suicide played a huge part because yeah. most of these deaths were caused by suicide and I yeah and suicide's a big deal in be, Japan It not it like something that happens all the time like it's yeah. like yeah it's really often that people are pushed to that pushed point to I that can't say that I can relate I, I honestly yeah, can't yes, but same. I can't speak for those people but yeah uh, it happens way too often and it, in I'm, Japan I'm happy that we're in an age where mental health is it's being discussed talked about. so openly yeah yeah, um, but and again, this book identity. is set in the 60s. Yeah. Which at that point where no one else was really talking about mental health as much. So um, that was something I was not prepared for. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was it just shocked me. Because Norwegian like, would, like, the title itself. Itself like, didn't seem like... It's a Beatles song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the scene I found most really was when he was fucking Naoko's old roommate after Naoko died. It's yeah, like, Reiko. Reiko, like when he was fucking Reiko. That like, was so did, weird. Like that was after her second funeral, quote unquote, her second funeral, right? Where they were yeah. singing songs. But like, it was so weird. I I didn't understand why. I also didn't understand that. Like I hate how Murakami just forced sex into every character. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like that was uncalled for. But, but like, like I already saw that there was a. Spark. There was. There was. Like there was. Uh, like, like a real connection between the two. A of connection, them. but. Come on. Yeah, like th- that didn't have to happen. That whole scene didn't have to happen. And then Reiko also, like. Yeah, like, like I felt like that was out of character for her. For her, yeah, yeah. that was out of character for her, definitely. Yeah. Toru, oh, 
anything can happen with him but like it felt like it was more shock factor than anything else that scene yeah i didn't hate it i mean i, I didn't like I, it i didn't like it i was like what good thing it was already by the end because if it happened in the middle i would have shut the book and left yeah so i was uh, i want to highlight this because i have also read a handful of books written by japanese authors okay so there's always a thing they always point this out that she was so beautiful she's too pretty and there's always evil inside a, be- a very beautiful woman like whenever they talk about something monstrous it always has to be a beautiful woman it's like in the books that i've read if you're too beautiful there's always a monster behind that i don't know if you've noticed because it was it was also mentioned in one of Reiko's stories where she was teaching piano to this kid she said the kid was so beautiful yes, and right, right, right. I've read like a lot of Japanese books where they talk about her beautiful sister yeah. but there's something evil like yeah. why does beauty correlate to, to evil? evil like yeah. that, that's just one thing that I've I've noticed okay and a, it was a, unusual a thing yeah a, pa- a pattern but I also did not look it up yeah. so maybe this is one thing that I should look up but have yeah. you ever read like ja- I know that Japanese literature has very it's very distinct like it has yeah. a very distinct yeah super super like you would know even if the author's yeah. name's yeah. covered you would yeah. know that this book is yeah. written by a, even if it's translated yeah. you would know it's a Japanese I author I honestly haven't that. read much Japanese literature as outside yeah. Murakami I think Kazuo Ishiguro is one but he didn't I don't think he grew up in Japan I, I honestly can't add I need to read I, I mean this book makes me want to read more Japanese literature Literate, yeah, <laughs> yeah they have should. very interesting nice. stories they're, they're really good thriller authors also Inter- yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Murakami is very good at mysteries and thrillers thrillers yeah. what's his um, best I think most of his books really have this kind of mystery element to it he's also guilty of like using the same story structure a lot like some guy meets this girl falls in love with her and then she suddenly vanishes and so he, he tries uh, to find yeah. it it's kind of like that kind of structure a lot of the time um, and so it ends up becoming like a mystery of having to find her. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he's very good. All his faults aside, he's still a very good author and he's popular for a reason. I want to talk about the ending of Norwegian Wood because I think it also signifies how mental health is like a chain. It it can be contagious. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, it treats mental health as an actual disease that, you know, that can be contagious like, yeah. like an irregular disease. So we see in the ending when when Reiko, when Reiko leaves Toru at the train station, he goes to this telephone and then he calls Midori and the la- yeah. I think the last lines of the book. Wait, I can read it. I have yeah, because you here. have the book. He has the book right now, <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah. So gripping the receiver, I raised my head and turned to see what lay beyond the telephone booth. Where was I now? I had no idea. No idea at all. Where was this place? All that flashed into my eyes were the countless shapes of people walking by to nowhere. Again and again, I called out for Midori from the dead center of this place that was no place. So I felt like that was like a signal for us that like wherever Nawoko was throughout her relationship with Toru, yeah, that's where Toru went also after Nawoko died. Like, so Nawoko went, fell into that hole, into that hole of darkness when Kizuki died. Yeah, and then when Nawoko took her life, she took Toru down with him, with her. So like he ended up getting depressed and having to deal with mental issues. Yeah, but apparently he conquered it because you know we're reading it from the present day where he's older now and he's looking back at 
you know, it's a flashback story. Yeah. But I wonder if he ever ended up with Midori. Yeah, that's like, that's also something we never got to. We never we, got to. I feel know. like she was just part of the story. Maybe. Um, I hope. Yeah. Because she deserves better. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I don't want to see the movie. But this book based in itself. Based on the poster. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I mean, based on the the reviews also the that review. I've read. But yeah, this book, I don't think it, it's hard to translate this into a movie. Yeah, like John Green's <laughs> books for me also. Like there are books that are good ah, of yeah, just yeah, being yeah, yeah, yeah. just books. Yeah. You know, Catcher. I think I don't think Catcher would make a well, good movie. Yeah, because it's yeah. more of a good thought, 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 thought. Yes, it's. Yes, exactly. It's not very visually. Yeah. So can you imagine how we're gonna watch that? It's all talking, talking, talking. It's all talking. conversation. Yeah. I mean, like there are some movies that pull that off, like Before Sunset, the Before yeah, Trilogy yeah. pulls that off very well. But um, Richard I don't Linklater's. know about this one though. Yeah, because it's. I don't think it's. It's such a big thing to. Yeah, it's it's too heavy. I think yeah. it's really like, but I mean, if uh, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know. I maybe yeah. not. I might not. Might not be the best judge for this but for this yeah yeah all in all i i enjoyed my second reading of narration wood i think it's my second highest rated book out of everything out that we reviewed so far in the podcast um murakami is great again with words like yeah that kind of and it's so unfair that he never went to any real writing school um the yeah. way he actually became a writer was just He's he just, just had really an gifted. idea for a story one day yeah he submitted it into this like publisher and then he forgot about it and then months later like they contacted him because they wanted to publish a story and then yeah. boom he becomes a professional Super writer like, he just has that natural gift and it's unfair but also it's such a treat to read that's to true read him and if you I had to pick this book yeah an alternate title what would it be i don't <laughs> you that's hard i never thought of it uh i mean norwegian one is very random because the book, yeah. the song has nothing to do, to with, do with anything with the book at all. I I mean I guess you can argue that since Naboko ended up hanging herself in the woods, right? Because he she went out to the woods of the oh, really? sanatorium and she hung herself huh? on the trees. Was that in the sanatorium? I yeah. I always thought ah yeah because yeah, she yeah, yeah, came yeah. back from she came back the mental institution stuff. yeah to yeah. get her stuff yeah and yeah so she hung I guess that's why the title is called Norwegian, Norwegian Wood. Wood yeah so it's very I don't, I'm not sure. But again, it's Murakami is also very ambiguous in his writing that yeah. he wants you, the reader, to some, figure things yeah. out. Yeah. Which is also nice, but at least it leaves you with a mystery and yeah. it's not being handed out yeah. to you yeah. completely. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, like, I really enjoyed this book. Uh, yeah. Do you what, do you want to talk about your final thoughts? That was my final Yeah, I me already, too. Yeah, I, think I'm all, I think we've said, we've exhausted all of our thoughts on Norwegian yeah. Wood. Um it's for me. It's not Murakami's best, but if it's if you're reading Murakami the first time, go ahead. Yeah, it's very easy to get into. Yeah, so I guess that That's does it. it for our episode yeah. um, about Norwegian Wood. Thank, Thank you, you guys very much for listening. For listening. Yeah. Thank you for supporting yeah. fiction friends. Share this to your friends. Yes. Um. What? Yeah. And how did you feel about Norwegian Wood? Let us know. You can yeah, comment it in our talk Instagram. about it or message us. Like we're really we really us. want to hear if you have any like analysis or uh, interpretations of the story that we weren't able to cover we'd really love to hear to from hear you what you have to say yeah because uh you know this is a a lot to unpack in this book so yeah. like we so, might have missed some stuff so please just go ahead uh, yeah for sure yeah so yeah so i guess that does it follow fiction friends on instagram fiction friends ph again thank you to our sponsor from here cebu um, you can follow them um, on Instagram, also on our own Facebook from yes. here, Cebu. So yeah, that does it for our review of Norwegian Wood. 
We'll be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. We won't be announcing what it is yet, so stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye. Bye, guys.